relationship with him. And we talk about his word. We talk about eating of his word, getting it inside you. My first pastor, not my first pastor, my first pastor when I was in ministry, when I first got into ministry, he was telling a story about when he first, when he was first saved, and he kept hearing the preacher talking about, you got to get the word of God in you. You got to eat it up. You got to get the word. And no lie, he started eating pieces of his Bible, of the pages. He started eating them. Listen, you get zealous and you get, uh, you get, huh? you get, you can get crazy. And, and I understood that because you think back when you first got saved, if you weren't a little crazy, I don't know if you really got saved because I got a little crazy and you get a little extreme and you go, and it's a good thing. But he, he got a little crazy because he's like, I want it all. And if I'm going to get it in me and he said, eat it. And he was tearing off pieces of pages and eating it. So uh, that's not what it's talking about here. We're going to eat of the Word. We're going to fellowship on the Word. We're going to feast on the Word. And it's talking about that relationship that we can have with Him. Look, at the, look this, this wicked world, they would prefer the big banquet of the world. They want it spread out with all the, the appeals of the carnal appetite, and, 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 and which is deliberately served to insult the living God, the things that are contrary to the Word of God, that are contrary to God. Look around at sin, folks. If you want to understand the things that are going out, because you look out and you see and you go, man, it's, I can't believe where we've gotten to. Look, it's just everything that's going on out there is just the opposite of what God says. It's pretty easy to understand it when you think about that way. Abortion, that's a life. And Satan hates humans. He hates us. And he wants to kill and steal and destroy. Now, I don't put abortion totally at the feet of Satan. I mean, ultimately... He's the father of lies. He's the father of sin. But if we want to explain it away and blame that all simply on Satan, I think we're doing a disservice. Because abortion comes from the dark heart of man. We are wicked. And what happens is, you know, what are we here today? It's an inconvenience. Look at the, the insanity we're hearing today. I don't know what I'm going to talk about abortion, but we're going to talk about it. Look at the insanity we're seeing. So Colorado just changed some laws. Um, I think I read this last week, and I, now I don't remember what it was. They made a law that I, I think it's, they, they can't, I don't, I don't, I'm not even going to try to say. They passed a law, and it was a bad law. But there's other laws trying to be pushed, pushed through. It was bad for the unborn. But there's another law, I think it's Maryland, who is pushing a law through that where if, if, if a child is born, basically you can ne neglect the, ch the child, and if the child dies, then... You can't, they can't investigate. They made it, basically made it illegal to investigate the death. So it's up to 28 days. So peri, 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 is it perinatal? Isn't that after? So perinatal is considered up to 28 days after birth. And there's this, there, that's the, this is the insanity of where we're going to today. Um, when, when you think, what sense does it make to take a three or four-year-old who thinks they know uh, it's a little girl and the little girl thinks that they're a boy to mutilate their body at three and four and five years old. What sense does that make? Unless you look at it in a spiritual sense because Satan wants to do anything he can do to kill, steal, and destroy. And if you can scar someone in that way or any number of ways, you get a young girl to uh, give up her purity 
You get a young girl to have an abortion, she's going to live with that the rest of her life. God gives forgiveness. We confess our sin. He, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But folks, those are, there are things that happen in life that you can't get rid of. My uncle, my uncle ran over a man in Athens, Georgia. Didn't kill him, but he ran over a man. It wasn't his fault. He struggled with that the rest of his life. It bothered him the rest of his life. So you can't tell me these things that, that go on don't affect us, don't bother people. So when you look at this world around us, just understand, look at it, peel back. It's not flesh and blood. It's the old saying, the useful idiots. Satan's got a lot of useful idiots that are just following along, children of wrath that are following right along with everything he wants to do. Demonic. If you see some of the people that are screaming and hollering and, and fighting for sin, all about me, I want, I want my right, I want my right to kill. I want my right to mutilate. You know, you can't, you can't go in a school almost and teach the Bible, but they can give them birth control or they can, it, they can counsel them to change their genders without telling parents. But they, but they don't want to have a Bible study. That's satanic oppression that's going on. So the world wants all of that. The world wants all this stuff laid out. They want to take part in those things. But look, the believer wants time alone with the Lord. And that's what the overcomer does. That's the born-again child of God wants to spend time with God and wants to get into the Word of God. Amen? And spend time in the Word. The overcomer kept himself from immorality and refused to partake in the loose living of the cult. So the Lord says, I will give him a white stone, and on, that, on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. So there's some study done on the white stone, and there was different uses for the white stone. There was about six different ones that, that they came up with here. Um, they were given to a person who had been tried in a court of law and acquitted. Uh, given to a person who was freed from slavery, presented to the winner of athletic events, presented to a warrior returning from victory, worn as a charm or amulet, and then the sixth one is related to the stones on the breastplate of the high priest. So there are a lot of different uses for those white stones. So, that, you know, for us, we read that, and, and unless you go back and you kind of understand some of the, the history of that, you go, what does that mean? We're not sure, but in the context there, James would have certainly understood. God would have used what James understood to communicate to the readers who were understanding that then. And as he's given that white stone, given to a person who has been tried in a court of law and acquitted, you know, that's us as believers, amen? And it's not because of our righteousness. We're justified by, by, by what Jesus did for us. And, and God declares, he looks at what Jesus did. When we've been born again, he puts his righteousness on us. He sees his righteousness, not our sin. And so he gives that, that stone. And it's a stone with a new name. Um, if, if, if nothing else, it's a symbol of Christ's changeless purity. And the new name may refer to our redeemed character. As a Christian, the overcomer also kept himself from infidelity. So the Nicolaitans were setting up the names of men in the place of his all sufficient name. We talked about the possibility of that being the beginning of the clergy and, and the, uh, this attitude of, you know, I am in the place of God and, and putting their name in a way. And so the overcomer didn't do that, didn't fall into that. There was no infidelity. 
The overcomer refused to be a part of that. Okay, so we'll wrap up there. We're going to move on now to verse 18, and we'll pick up tonight with the Thyatira. Somebody say that for me. That's Thyatira. I want to say it the way I can imagine Jesse, the way Jesse talked when Jesse was little, my little boy, my big, my little boy. Thyatira. That'd be the way he would have said it, Thyatira. That's a, that's a different word, Thyra, Thyra, Tyra. So let's just read through that. This church is covered here. This letter is covered 18 through 29. Verse 18, and, and, to the, uh, and to the angel of the Lord at Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you, because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I give her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I, uh, I am... He who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now, to you I say, and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, uh, as, do, uh, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on uh, you no other burden, but hold fast what, what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessel, uh, as I also have received from my father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, as we, as we start this, there's an interesting thought as I was reading through several commentaries. One of the commentators that, that I was reading, he, he said this. He says there's actually possi the, the possibility uh, that the church in Thyatira was founded through the testimony of a woman. Now, that doesn't seem unusual. That could very well, that, that could be in a lot of places. I've known of church plants where uh, some families, a couple of families get together in, here in America, two or three families get together. They say, we're going to start a church. So it could very well be, be founded through the testimony of a woman. It could be someone, so that's not anything unique. Uh, but Paul's first convert, think about this, Paul's first convert in Europe was a, was a woman from Asia Minor, and she was from where? She was from Thyatira, and that was, it was, now we'll talk, we'll talk more about that in a moment. Um, Thyatira was famous for its manufacturing, okay? So it, we've talked about some of the other cities, and they were great, great, colossal cities, big, big, important cities for Rome. Thyatira wasn't. It was, it was a more humble town. It was a smaller town. It was a, a manufacturing town. It was a defensive town, and it laid in a valley that, that it, was, it was in a defensive position from, for one of the other churches that was further, or one of the other cities further down that was more prominent. But it wasn't even a very good defensive city. It was kind of in the valley. Most of the defensive strongholds would be up in a, 
in a, in a mountainous area. This was down in a valley, just a small rise. But they said that the Romans put special guards there. That, that would have been the line of defense for them. So there was nothing exquisite about the city, not a huge city, but it had a lot of manufacturing. And in, with that, in the manufacturing in the city, there were a lot of ancient guilds. When I'm talking about guilds, we're talking about associations. They, were, they would have been like forerunners to modern labor unions, okay? So there were these guilds. And associations, these associations were, were there for mutual profit and pleasure of people employed in certain trades. So there were guilds of workers in wool, uh, leather, linen, and bronze, uh, makers of, of outer garments, dyers, potters, weavers, bakers, and slave dealers. So there was a lot of... A lot of industry going on, a lot of manufacturing and, and, and just different things that were going on. And they had their labor unions of the time, their guilds there. So Thyatira was the center of the dying industry. Now, do you remember who, who that was, who we were talking about, the woman? Is anybody? Lydia. Lydia. And what did Lydia do? She was a seller of purple. She was a seller of purple. Now, when you read that again, how many, time, how many of you, the first time you ever read that, went, what does that mean? Did she sell food coloring or what? I mean, what is that? All right, so um, she was a seller of purple, and she was living there in Philippi. She's the first convert. And you know the story. Paul comes in, and he's inquiring, where do people go to worship? And he, and he goes down. He goes to the river. They're down by the river, and these, these, these people are, are gathering together. And Lydia seemed to be, she was a seeker. She was one that was trying to follow God in in. in, in kind of looking at what's going on. Paul goes down, he preaches the gospel to her, and Lydia gets saved and goes back, and her whole household gets saved. And she has an influence, a great influence. Uh, Paul has great influence, obviously, in her life, but she was very helpful to Paul in the ministry there as well. And there are a lot of things going on. So Lydia gets saved right there. She's a seller of purple. She's a prominent person, a business person, doing well, we, we may presume. Um, well, let me ask you this. How many of you know what the color purple was that she was selling? It's actually not purple. Anybody heard this? The color was, supposedly, as I was reading, the color was made, the, the, the purple that they call it was made from a local plant there. And it's actually called turkey red. I should have put a slide up so you could see it. Not that it's a big deal. I don't know if you're going to be able to see it. It's about the color of our carpet um, in certain places. It's turkey red. So that, that's what it's, it's modern-day, that's the color it was. That's at least what we're told. I don't know, maybe it was this deep, dark, wasn't a lavender, it was a purple. I hope it was purple. I hope it was like that purple. I like that purple right there. And, uh, but uh, what really doesn't matter, that's, that doesn't matter, but that's what she did. She sold garments and different things that were dyed in this color. So she's a... She's a She's a distributor. She's a seller. She's a marketer and stuff. So she's there doing business. And so the question came in is, could it be that after her conversion that she hurried home maybe to Thyatira and with the great news of her salvation? Or, or maybe the, she, she converted some of the salesmen that were bringing product to her for back, from back in Thyatira and they got saved and they went back. Or maybe she wrote long letters to those back home and were sharing about Paul coming and sharing with her and her, her putting her faith and trust in Christ and about the demon-possessed girl and about the jailer and, 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 and these... These, these, this wholehearted conversion that she had with following Christ. Perhaps it's that. So it's just an interesting thought to think that, that, to think that this letter 
the church there in Thyatira, it might have been started, might have been influenced by someone Paul had led to the Lord all those years ago. It's just an interesting thought. Can't say, but it's at least the possibility that Lydia may have had some part in that. And, and as, I was, as I was writing, I wrote down the Ethiopian eunuch. So the Ethiopian eunuch, we were pretty confident that when he got saved, he went back to Ethiopia and started the church in Ethiopia. That's how these things worked. I mean, it's how it would work today. Uh, Miss Jeannie over there in Papua New Guinea, y'all might have somebody visit a village, get saved, and run off to another village, and they want to go start a church. How do we do it? We don't know, but somebody could help them. And that's the way those, those things work. That's, that's, that's the way God's plan works. Now, I want to read a little bit in the, in the regard of, uh, this, is, this is maybe even getting a little bit ahead, but this is what Barclay, uh, in his commentary, he's talking about uh, some of these gifts. So let me just read through this, what he says. He says, to refuse... To, to join one of these guilds would mean to give up all prospects of commercial existence. Why should a Christian not join one of these guilds? Well, they held common meals. Uh, these would, would very often be held in a temple. And even if not, they would be, begin and end with a formal sacrifice to the gods. And the meat eaten would be meat which had already been offered to idols. Further, it often happened that these uh, communal meals were occasions of drunken revelry and slack morality. And his question then is, was it possible for a Christian to be part of such occasions? So here's the problem at Thyatira. The threat came from inside the church. There was a strong movement led by the woman referred to as Jezebel, which pleaded for a compromise with the world's standards in the interest of business and commercial prosperity, maintaining, no doubt, that the Holy Spirit could preserve from, uh, them from any harm. The answer to the, the answer of the risen Christ is uncompromising. Christians must have nothing to do with such things. And so as we, as we launch into this, um, as, we, as we kind of begin, because you wonder as you're talking about this, this, this Jezebel, I mean, was she Jezebel? She's not Jezebel from the Old Testament. The Lord's using that name as representative. We don't know. I mean, maybe her name was Jezebel. I can't imagine anybody at that time naming their daughter Jezebel. We don't name kids Jezebel today. We don't name them any more than we would name them Judas. You, or, or, I mean, I have seen some people named Benedict, but they're usually not Americans. Um, seen some British that were named Benedict. They actually probably liked He's a hero over there, isn't he? Uh, Benedict Arnold. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? So, so um, here's the thing. With the things that were going on in those guilds, if the people of the church, the question is, can the people in the church be involved in that? And, and, the, and that's exactly right, Brent. They should not be involved in that. We've, we, and this is where this relates today to where we're at in America today. What, at what level can we as Christians compromise how we live our lives to make a dollar? I can give you an answer, but my answer might be different than yours. Because you've got to work through that. You go, well, if I do this or if I stand up for my faith or I do this or that or say something, you know, you don't have to be, you know, you don't check your brain at the door. But folks, we don't check our Christianity at the door either. 
And we need to live our faith. You know, I, I, I worked for a company, uh, I, I worked for UPS for a lot of years. And after I went to work with a company called RPS, and it was a spinoff from, from Roadway Trucking Company. And it was, it was similar to UPS. It was Roadway Package System. And they started the barcodes and all that. But I went to work there. And, and I actually applied for a sales job. And, and bef- when I went in and applied for the job and went for the interview, that's what it was for. And then the guy saw that I had done six years of dock management at UPS. And he was like, uh, sales job's not available anymore. And they'd filled it. But you know what I know? If I had taken that job, it wouldn't have lasted very long. Because in that company, they really pushed their sales guys to, it was all about taking folks out to the dirty bars and, and, and consuming mass amounts of alcohol. And, uh, I mean, it was, always, it was always entertaining. And you entertained based on the way the customer wanted to be entertained. Folks, I, I, it wouldn't have worked for me. I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. So what we have to figure out is to what level can I compromise as a Christian? And I'd say this, we shouldn't compromise at all as a Christian. You know, so, so how, how can I walk in both worlds? You know, I got to do my job. and No, you don't have to do your job. You know what we can do? We can trust God to provide. Oh, I got an amen finally. We can trust God in this. So this gets to how real is my faith? Is is Jesus just a little seasoning on my life? You know, I got my life here, and you know, Jesus a little, little, yeah, he's a little, he's a little garnishment on there. He's like the parsley on a nice dish. You know, he, he just adds to it. So my life is, 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 you know, it's, my life's good. It's good. It's real good. I'm just going to add a little Jesus. I'm, I'm going to have a little extra in there. Maybe he'll take care of me. He'll help me. He'll help me on my job. He'll help me get some extra business. I'll put the Jesus sticker on my truck. That'll help me. I'll get some more business. No, folks. If you're a true believer, that is secondary to your faith. And am I going to trust God to provide? Am I going to trust God to take care of me when somebody absolutely does me dirty and cleans my clock? Am I going to trust God? Because here's what I believe. And I welcome any of you to prove me wrong. When we do right, by God, He always does right. He always does right. When we do right by Him, when you take a stand that seems like it's costing me this, when when, when I determine I'm going to be faithful to church, He honors that. There's a blessing that comes with that. When I, when I honor God, I'm going to give him the first fruit of whatever I get. I'm going to be faithful with my tithe. He honors that. When I decide, you know what, I'm going to be faithful in tithing of my time. I'm going to give back to the Lord with my time. I'm going to give my talents to the Lord. I'm going to let those be used for him. When we go out of our house in the morning thinking more about how can I honor God today than we are about how can I make some more money today. Now, I'm not saying we don't need to be concerned with those things. I'm going to say this. This church takes good care of my family. I don't, I don't have to 
I'm not worrying about where my next meal is coming from. But I worked, I worked uh, four years. I worked four years doing mission work with with um, a ministry I started, Global Workforce, and. We were way under the poverty level. A couple of those years, we made, this was been in the mid-2000s, so 15, 16 years ago. We were making about, my, my taxable income was under $20,000 a year with two kids. And you know what I can testify today? God provided every need. And you know what we did when I got my check? I tithed first thing off my check. I was faithful with that. And I was faithful. I was serving God. And I just trusted God. So you know what you do? <laughs> you tighten up that belt. And you, maybe you don't eat out as much. Amen? Missionary Todd. Todd, Todd and I have talked about these things. And as a missionary, you go, you know what? You don't eat out as much. And you, and you, you don't have two cars if, if you don't need it. You don't do, you just don't do certain things. Being smart is what we all ought to be. But it's putting the Lord first in everything, folks. Everything. In our friendships, our relationships, in where we go, what we do, what we see, everything. He should be first. And if we honor Him, man, He's going to take care of us. Now, I ain't preaching no prosperity gospel. I'm not going to tell you, well, you just have enough faith. Lord, you'll be riding around in that Ferrari in no time. That's junk. That's baloney. It's baloney. It's hogwash. It is. But he'll take care and he'll provide what you need. And if you have to make a stand that's righteous because your job is asking you to compromise... You take the stand, you lose your job. You know what? God will take care of you. John Egger, now he didn't, he didn't lose his job for, um, he, it, they just did away with his job. But I watched John, it was, it was neat to watch John and watch his faith about six, eight, no, it's been over a year, so a year and a half ago when, when he lost that job. And it was, all right, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to trust the Lord. And he kept walking, kept walking. And he's, then he's, he had several companies that, I mean, they should. When you looked at what they needed and what he, his resume, it was like, this is a no-brainer. They're going to hire him. And it didn't happen. And we're like, hmm. But to watch John go, you know what? I'm going to trust the Lord. This doesn't make any sense. It's getting a little nerve-wracking a little bit, but I'm going to trust the Lord. And you know what God did? Gave him a better job than he would have had with any of the others. It's, it's local. He, he, he's, he's home every night. And he'll tell you, man, praise God, I just trusted God and did the right things. And God took care of him. Took care of the situation. Provided what they needed. Folks, if we just trust him, just trust him. Don't compromise. Don't get caught up in, I can do a little bit of this. I, you know what? So what? So what if the, the meat's offered idols? And I know we're not supposed to eat these meats offered idols, but we've got to do it or we're not going to have a job. Then don't do it. Honor God first and let him take care of it. Amen? All right. I'm not going to go any further tonight. I'm, here's what I want us to do. I, I'm, I'm really loving the time we get together and pray. 
some of you may not love the time we get together and pray, but I love the time we get together and pray. And I think it's very beneficial for us as a body to do this. Um, here's what I hear sometimes. I hear this. Well, I, I've had some people ask me when we're going to put the fellowship time back in Sunday morning. I'm not. I'm not going to put the fellowship back time in, back on Sunday morning. Because there's plenty of time before the service starts to, to mingle around in fellowship. There's plenty of time after the service ends to mingle around in fellowship. And if we're intentional and we really want to get to know new people and we're intentional, it's easy to meet new people. It is. It might require me sticking my hand out and saying, oh, my name's so-and-so. Now, I think everybody in here is capable of doing that, I think. I think we can do that. Right? So look around. Y'all take a look around real quick. Raise your hand if you know everybody in this room tonight. Oh, I'll raise my hand. All right. So, so that means there's a, there's pro how many of you look around and you're going, I don't know half the people. Honestly, I don't know half the people in the room. Raise your hand if you think that's the case. Okay. So what I want you to do is, is I want you to be, I want, to, I want you to get uncomfortable tonight. And y'all are going to leave here going, that preacher. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to get uncomfortable. And I want you to go, if it's, if it's a couple, go find another couple. Four or five in a group, most. I want you to go find somebody you don't know. So you guys got to split up. Y'all got to split up. You, you two can go. And, but find somebody else. Find somebody. I know. It's terrible. It's so terrible, preacher. I'm going to kill you. It's so terrible. But look, I, I, I look out. I don't see anybody in here that's going to bite you. And I think they've all had their shots if they do. It's you. <laughs> You're not going to bite. All right, so I know that puts you, but, but what I want you to do is get together, introduce yourselves real quick, and then, and then maybe there's one person you have pray. If everybody's comfortable, pray around real quick. Pray for me about this, but let's have some time of prayer together. Get to know somebody new tonight, okay? And, and so we've got seven minutes, but you can go 10 or 15 if you want to. You don't have to rush out of here, but get together, pray together, and then when you're done, that's your closing prayer. And you can, and you're dismissed. Okay? All right.